23 minutes of ah, ah, right? <laughs> powering up. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. It just pisses me off. You'd love it. Yeah. Well, she's dead. Value. That's right. We got big value tonight. Value for value. We got value for your value. Coming in on a Friday. It's a rare with care bulls with buds. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And on this episode 128, Bulls with Buds, joining us, it's the one and only Cold Acid! Woo! Cold Acid! There he is! He's cold, he's acidic. He's a very low number on the pH scale. And I'm acid. He's acid. He'll make you trip your balls, man. And he's gonna hang out with us tonight. What do you think about that? I like it. I'm all for it. Awesome. I love it. Well, for everybody new to the format, because I always have to kind of explain what's going on, uh, Bull After Bull's regular Tuesday night show, so we do all the shows at uh, 9 p.m. Central after DH Unplug wraps up, but Bulls with Buds is kind of like special episodes where we sit down with our buds in the bull and we just talk, get to know each other, uh, talk about what the haps are, and just generally hang out with our buds. So we do those every... You know, we do them sporadically. We try to do them, uh, you know, this is the second Friday night in a row. So we're trying to get something going sort of regularly. But that doesn't always happen, not only because we have silly schedules, but so do our buds. So uh, we appreciate you, Cold Acid, coming and hanging out with us tonight. Thanks. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. So uh, for those of you who don't know, like Living Under a Rock, uh, Cold Acid hosts a Rare Encounter story. Excuse me, Rare Encounter Podcast. Rare Encounter Story. <laughs> I have my notes all gobbled up here. Uh, you, you, are you, you're mixing me up with Fletcher? <laughs> well, actually, what happened is uh, I have here to ask you about the Rare Encounter origin story, and my brain just went full stupid and uh, <laughs> said you host the Rare Encounter Story. But ah. it's, a, it's rareencounter.net is where you can find this. And uh, you may have heard of it after uh, the live No Agenda this past Sunday, you guys took over the stream right after. Yep, and we regaled the world with talk of teledildonics. I mean, it's an important subject everybody needs to at least hear of and uh, be offered links in their show notes to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. my opinion, anyway. Plus, I just love the word. It's pretty great. It just rolls off the tongue, you know? Teledildonics. It's very rhythmic. It is. It's got a beat to it. It definitely does. Um, so yeah, I guess let's just get right into uh, when when we have a bud for the first time. I always like to start things off with like uh, how you p- came on our radar, how we came on your radar, vice versa, uh, how everybody came together. And um, I want to say, Pinky, hey oh, I want to say with the, it was the rare encounter. Uh, 
getting added to the to the NA stream rotation when I first really got the cold acid experience in full. Although in the chat you've been around with the hog story with them bowl after bowl and all of that. Um trolling along and 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 posting. Shit posting. Yeah, I'm I'm very proficient with my shit posting. I I will admit. I mean you gotta keep it uh but, you gotta uh, keep the shit rolling. I mean well, like exactly. It. I mean, I've been I've been in the NA community. What it's uh, over three years now, and it was it was thanks to Abel Kirby, in fact, that I got into the community in the first place, because I used to be on this. Uh, I used to be on this. Uh, back before Fediverse was what it is, there was this platform called GNU Social, and. It was it was essentially the Fediverse before ActivityPub. It used its own protocol uh, from the from the software that it had originated as. And I was on a I was on a server back then called Sea Lion Club. But then the something happened. Apparently, the person who was running it was like a fed or something, and the server ended up being shut down. Yeah. And after that, I was like, I don't really want to spend all my time on Twitter anymore. And I was asking around, like, does anybody have does anybody have any invites so I can get into like one of these newfangled Mastodon servers? Mm. And Abel Kirby stepped up. He, he invited me over to No Agenda Social, and from there, as I got as I got into it, I also started listening to No Agenda. And found it it was scratching all the sweet spots for me. That's awesome. So uh you kinda came in. That's interesting to that you came to the show through uh the No Agenda Social. So I assume did Abel Kirby follow you on these this alternative platform before? No, I knew I knew Abel Kirby from long before that, online at least. Uh him and I we've talked about it before, uh the the visual novel Katawa Shoujo, we were both part of the community around that back during the days when it was being developed and for some time after. And he and I, we actually met in person at Anime Expo in 2015. And we we stayed in touch like about uh, about things online afterwards as well. And so that's how that's how I ended up like getting the invite from him. Very cool, and now I remember him. Yeah, and uh, then I found, and then I found out that he was—he wasn't just somebody who was on the server. He was also one of the people doing the end of show mixes, and that was uh, that was pretty neat to find out. I had no idea before that he had any such musical talent, and then it's like, holy shit, this guy is actually a lot more than just my fellow weeb. He's not. He's, he's a, a straight out creator, no doubt. Better than I am. He's a well-rounded guy, man. He's very impressive. Oh yeah, he is. Very impressive. Abel Kirby is a great guy, no doubt about it. So that anime expo, I remember, I I remember you guys talking about it, and I think he also told me a little bit about it uh, when we stayed with him, um, out at his place in uh, in Maryland. Did uh, was that out in L.A.? Yeah, that's the one in uh, Los Angeles. Very nice. Yes, I've never been to an anime con myself, but I did walk through one one time 
while I was a delegate for the uh, Libertarian Convention in Orlando in 2016, there was an anime con going on at the same time, and so we sort of walked through one. Eyeballing all the cosplayers, no doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, Orlando in July, it's uh, it's prime cosplay season. Hot place in a hot country. It... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think oh, I'd be able to survive uh, any time in Florida at that time of year. Yeah, it's. Uh... I was in. I was in Florida. I was in Florida once in my life, years and years and years ago. It would have been mid to late two thousands, and it was October, and even that was just killer to me. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we experienced some hotness. We went up to um, a nude beach at uh, Playa Linda, just like close to Cape Canaveral, and um, got just a bitch of a sunburn. Like, didn't even bring sunscreen. So, got sunburned literally everywhere you can get sunburned. Womp womp. We did not prepare. Yeah, if, if I kept a hat, I kept a hat on. I mean, I would have gone around like a Bedouin just to keep the sun off. Is yeah, like even even with even with like uh, the with the lotion, right? Like probably I'd probably still get burnt. You got to keep the acid and cold. I, and man. I don't have I don't have pasty skin by any by any means. But I mean, just how hot and sunny it was when I was there is just way too much for me. Now, was it like that muggy humidity heat too? Because that yeah. that can climb yeah, up on top like, of you fast. It's like the the air felt like I was swimming. So uh, Abel Kirby comes in, pulls you into the No Agenda Social group, uh, a rowdy bunch indeed. And then how does it go from that to Rare Encounter? What uh, what went down? He wanted to do a podcast. And to be honest, it, I'd been thinking about doing a podcast for some time. I even said, like, maybe I'll end up doing a podcast or where I bitch about technology stuff, kind of like Ryan was already doing at the time on uh, on Grumpy Old Ben's. Sure. And so Abel Kirby came to me and was like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we could probably do, uh, we can probably do a podcast about anime and other geek topics. I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, let's, let's try it out, see what happens. Hmm. We did a we did a few test episodes. I don't think we ever released those. And then we did the first actual episode of Rare Encounter. And some of some of the things that we have, like the like where we have the cold open, was because I was like, hey, we should do we should do this. This is this is a funny thing that they they do on the other podcasts on the on the network. So let's throw it in and. Let's throw in episode titles because at first it was just like episode one, episode two. Sure, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't until like what was it, episode thirteen, where we actually started using titles. Yeah, episode thirteen, pondering with pauldrons. Oh wow! Back in October twenty twenty. Pre ponder meme. Your guys's first title was a ponder. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um. That's what I really love about this whole uh, the No Agenda live stream, the community behind it, every everybody who shows on it. Um, there's like this loose format 
that's already kind of pre-baked in and not everybody follows it to a T and we all kind of borrow pieces here and there from each other. But I think it kind of drives engagement in the community because you're getting a different shade of the same color or a different uh, take and angle, but within a comfortable kind of format that you already know what to expect and what you're going to get. Um, I, I think that just kind of lends itself to the, the increase of community and like f- familiarity is like baked in. Yeah. Another thing, another thing that, uh, another thing is like, you know how we have the three things in the episode descriptions? Sure. Yeah. That was actually one of the, that was actually one of the earliest things that, uh, we started doing. We started doing that with episode four, but it wasn't until the next episode, episode five, where we were being, we were being like ironically clickbaity about it. Gotcha. That was, I was like, yeah, we should, we should mention a few of the things we talk about in the, in the episode description. So people have an idea what the topics are in the episode. And I wanted to make it funny. And then, and then Abel Kirby is like, well, we should make it clickbaity to make it really funny. Sure. And, and help your SEO now at the like, same time. Oh, we don't even bother with SEO. I've never added the Rare Encounter site to any search engines. So if it's showing up, it's because people are linking to us or the search engines have just found us some other way. I just like to, uh, pretend I'm doing SEO because all of the I've used WordPress for ages and um, I went to a coding school a year ago to try and get off WordPress and I'm still working on it but the all of the dumbass SEO plugins that come with WordPress they basically coach you on doing just what you're saying with the three things they basically ask you to oh make sure your title includes your keyword and your post includes your keyword at least twice and uh, they just encourage you to build in that clickbaity stuff. That's why it always just triggers me to think SEO, even though obviously. Well, I mean, you know. the th- the three things isn't e- isn't even like so much an SEO thing as it is just following the rule of threes. Yeah, and that's it's great too because I was playing with the way that I toot my shows out, um, and I've played with different formats of how to do it, but I didn't have any consistency. And then when I heard you guys say about three things, I was like, shit, that's exactly what I've been trying to do, only I haven't been thinking about it in a in a uniform way, right? I was just kind of thinking of, oh, kind of make a tootable summary, but, you know, pick out some stuff. And now uh, my version of the three things on the toot is... Something I said during the show, something Lorian said during the show, and something callers said during the show. And so that's how I like format the toots now. And it makes it way easier to write them because I'm just filling in blanks and there's already kind of this mental format I have. For us it was more just what are what are the what are the three funniest topics like together combined makes like the funniest combo. And then more more recently we've been I mean, trying to go for like trying to trying to tell a story like, you know, with the with the uh, requested jingles during the during the first donation segment on No Agenda, where where John's like he wants people to tell a story with their requests. Right. Sure. So we end up with things like in like Rear Encounter episode 76, 
producing idols, blast processing, and career-ending pregnancies. It kind of tells a story if you if you got like a bit of a a lewd mind and you're aware of, uh, for example, like all the idol games and anime out there. Mm. Well, there's no lewd minds uh, on this show. <laughs> Just so you know. No, none at all. We don't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not even a little. Uh, I think Abel mentioned to me at some point that you are kind of in charge of or you do the RSS stuff for the show. Is that right? Yeah, but that's more... That's more... I, I'm currently the maintainer of Podcast Generator, which is a open source PHP app for running a podcast website. Okay, see... And I... so when, when we want... When we want things that it doesn't it doesn't support i'd hack it in and now i've actually got something that allows us to add stuff into the rss without having to hack it in exactly we can just throw it into a, a text block in one of the admin pages and there's a text block for each actual episode where we can throw in like the item level tags We've been we've been using that, so that's how we actually added our our V for V tags in there. A few other things too. Interesting. So I'm because I I really wanted to talk to you about that and what your solution is because I'm working on redoing our RSS feed from pretty much from scratch. I mean, I'm using as a guide the the Podbean one, but Podbean's RSS generation is it just leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of uh, being clean and what it puts in the description is just your blog post. So that's always too long. Like our description kind of is actually our show notes rather than description. So that's interesting. The podcast generator. So I'm, I'm going to have to take a look at that and see if uh I can use that in my quest. But my main, um my main goal is getting the live item tag put in and implemented. So have do you, I assume you keep up with uh, podcasting 2.0 because I heard your donation today on there. Yeah, I actually, I actually do the live item by hand, so it's always in status pending. I never, I never actually go in and turn it to on when we start up the pre-show. Gotcha. I probably should, but I just pretty much at the end of at the end of an episode when we're doing the upload, then I'll go in and I'll update i'll update the start and end attributes to just be next wednesday right yeah and i'll update i'll update the guid so that'll be a new it'll be a new guid for each live recording that's that's mentioned right because i mean every time it's going to be a different time i actually take i actually take the podcast guid value and use that as uh, as a GUID v5 namespace, and then the the start time as a value to generate the GUID for each live item. See, I'm thinking in in my head. I'm nerdy and... like that, though. That's what it is. Yeah, well, you got to have some nerd cred, no doubt about that. Um, I'm thinking kind of what we need, and I know Adam has expressed this. Uh, a number of times over the course of the podcasting 2.0 show, but we need some kind of a like a a full podcaster studio which would integrate 
you know, clips with show notes, with a blog post, with the RSS generation, and now with also the live tag, being able to just click, oh, we're live, so like maybe I can click play on but, and at the same time in my application, whatever it looks like, whether it's desktop or a web app, you know, hit go, and that just automatically flips that um, tag, my live tag, to say we're live now. And then also send the pod ping out, because I think that's going to be crucial to, you know, I mean, if you just change one little uh, part of your live item tag, the normal RSS readers and grabbers aren't going to see that by the time your show's over, probably, in most cases. Yeah. But well, if, if you pod Blueberry ping has it, a suggestion in the chat about that. Ooh. He says combo of CurioCaster and Freedom Controller and MixXX. Oh, okay. Me though, I've been, I've been saying for a while, if if people are willing to fund me at a hundred k Canadian per year, <laughs> then I can quit my job and spend all my time putting together a whole like hardware software system for podcasters. So it essentially it would essentially be like. A computer that you'd plug in and plug in your keyboard and mouse and monitor and microphone, right? And yeah. it would have an operating system that's designed for podcasting. And it would have some way of like hooking up with with different podcasting platforms. Like there could be support for WordPress. There could be support for different podcast uh uh hosting services. Where it'll take care, where it'll take care of those things for you, like as you do things, it would have much much better than uh, than what we get with Linux for doing like the audio stuff because that's just an absolute clusterfuck at the best of times, no doubt. Right? Yeah, and, uh, and still at on top of all of that, avoid all the lock in and spyware nonsense of Windows. I've had this idea for a while. I've been thinking, like, maybe it'd be something that would be based off of one of the Amigo OS spinoffs, like Eros or Morph OS, or it could be based off of Haiku, because what it's based on, uh, BOS, was a much more modern uh, creative operating system that competed with, uh, that competed with, like, End end of uh, the era Amiga OS and with Mac OS before OS X. Yeah, there's definitely. I, 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 I throw these things around in my head, but I mean, I mean, without any sort of without any sort of funding for it, it's it's not something I'm actually going to bother doing. Sure. Because well, especially after like doing eight hours of programming, anyways for right. work, right? Yep. I come home. I don't. Yeah, you're well, spent. Actually, you need to relax. I don't really or... come home. I'm like, do I do I do much programming after hours anymore or even on the weekends? No, not really because I mean, I'm already spending all that time yeah. down here in the basement doing it and I mean, it'd probably be a bit better I'd I'd get stuff done on the weekends probably if I was working out of the office and I had the commute to decompress from everything afterwards, but you know, it's there's only so many hours in the day, and there's only so much um, mental and emotional energy you can spend during the day, right? And right? To f and to free so, up that time, you would have to 
be compensated in the in the income that of yeah lo- i either need to i either need to be compensated or i need to win the lottery first sure and i tell i tell you one of those is much more likely than the other but neither seems very likely at all yeah uh i've also myself like i'm in a silly position of like i've and cotton gin and i were talking about this earlier today you know i've been ever since podcasting 2.0 started out like i've been trying in my uh, you know, I always say like Luddite or retarded manner, but you know, I know a few things, but not really enough to, um, it'd be like a second grader who like knows how to write some stuff, like knows how to write. And then they're like, all right, uh, what I really want to do is write, you know, a great American novel. And, uh, Oh, and it's like, well, I can write a, f- a book report. <laughs> Um, and so there's this knowledge gap and it seems sort of like the modern development world where most devs are taught a certain, a certain stack, certain technology stack, and then a certain code base where that stack's applied. And then, you know, whatever they're trained on, they kind of know, but when it comes to writing something from scratch in a brand new space... And there's no code base to kind of copy from or reference, and there's no answer to on Stack Overflow or some bullshit uh, for this question you have about um, things that don't exist yet. It's just kind of like there's there's definitely a, there's definitely a frustration between because I can see what I want in my mind, but then I go down, I sit down. In front of the screen, I don't even really know where to start. Like, where should I start with any of this? I mean, it would be really nice to have this podcasting um, system. It would be really nice to have a music app that uh, can consume and play Abel and the Wolf and other music that, uh, you know, artists might be actually encouraged to make uh, if there was such an app that, you know, played it well and looked good doing it. Um and it's funny because we have some apps now that like kind of do it and they work. Uh, and you know, we've been, we've been seeing sats come in. So like the use case it's working now, but people look at it and they're like, mm, it doesn't look right. You know, it doesn't feel right. It's not the Spotify regular stuff they're used to, you know, you know, I want to be able to boost without having to use, any of these apps because these apps all seem to want to have their own wallet to spend from i want i want a podcasting app that that i can i can like connect my node to and be and be like yeah i want to boost this and it'll do it through my node instead of having its own wallet that would be very cool and i think uh and with that like be able to boost like live streams too right I yeah, want to be able yeah. to do that. Be able to boost a live tag. Um, I've been looking at things like Ellen Bits. So I haven't really had time to deep dive on stuff, but uh, you can set up little um, kind of, uh, what am I trying to say, like a, a separated wallet, uh, and you can you can make several of them so that you can dedicate certain wallets to, it's like partitioning. You can partition out a little wallet so that, like, I don't know, say you want to give access um, to an app, only this wallet, just for security purposes, and, like, you only ever use 
this certain wallet. That way you're not exposing your whole nut to say like if you want to do Sphinx, the Sphinx app, and you don't want your entire nut that's on your node to be spendable within Sphinx, you can partition out wallets. And I think that's probably a solution that might be able to integrate into some future stuff. But it's just, I'm just sadly so inexperienced in a lot of this stuff that like, and and there's nobody out there teaching you how to like you know do this stuff. Yeah, and you say you're inexperienced with it, and honestly, like if you're inexperienced, then like I'm completely green. <laughs> well, and there's, um, you know what? Pretty much, pretty much everything I've learned about about lightning and running a node, I've learned because of you. Well, well, thank you. I suppose that uh, I I do a lot of self-doubting and underestimating. I think when we sat down with Sir Bimrose, we kind of talked about this too. But it's just like I feel stuck in the mud and spinning my wheels a lot of the time. And it's just that. It's because I, I know what the destination in my mind looks like. But like how the hell I get there is crazy. But then I'm not really turning around very often to look at like who's coming up the muddy path behind me too, you know, and who was like, oh, well, I'm only this far because you went this far, and I don't even think about how far. You know what I mean? Like, I've got Lorian yeah. on this umbral node over here now. She's been running that. Uh, building Ring of Fires. By the way, did you say you wanted to be in one of these Rings of Fire? I need to write that down. Yeah, I'm in for the I'm in for the one million, and okay. I'm tentatively in for the two. Okay, solid. Woohoo! I want to write that down. Yeah, I've I've got I've got enough uh, I've got enough sats on my node right now for them. Okay, even. cool. But um. it's like one of the, one of the things that weirds me out still is the whole is the whole rebalance and forwarding thing because I mean after that Ring of Fire three right yeah there was a rebalance that went through me and it threw out it threw out of balance. One of the one of the channels related to the Ring of Fire. I'm like, okay, this seem this seems odd. Where did this come from? Why did this happen? And of course, you only really know what's what's coming in and out of the nodes you're directly connected to, right? Yep. The ones that you have channels with. That's right. Yeah, you so basically like, know one hop in each direction, and that's it. Yeah, and if a if a channel suddenly like flips, it's like its value like it goes from it goes from being heavy on your side to heavy on the other side or vice versa then i get this feeling like you get this feeling like if i don't if i don't close my channels or rebalance them all right away i might lose my value because somebody else will close them before me and it's like you know it, it it's not actually the case i don't think but it just like there's this is serial fear right sure well it's it's uh the whole open and close thing i mean the channel states are going to match uh whatever their current state is and i know there's like ways people can spoof it or dick you around that i don't really understand i don't really like i don't know how that happens i've seen it stated uh, that people can like try to force close on you in a in a certain shady way. Um, if, if you're peering with trusted peers, um, then you know all of the forwards. Basically, it's that whole abagus thing where 
I'm getting in on one channel and it's going out. And so my total that's mine is still the same. And you even earn, you know, depending on how you set your fees, you even earn a bit of fees on that, which pays for yeah. either a rebalance or it can pay for closing the channel and reopening it. Um, so, and I mean, I trust, I trust all the, all the channels I have. I mean, I mean, it's not like I, it's not like I'm channeled to anybody I can't hunt down. Right. If necessary. Right. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> the other, the other thing is, the other thing is, it's just, uh, you know, it brings up the whole, the whole web of trust issue then that has been a, that has been a problem for, for things like, uh, PGP where you can't, you can't trust if if someone's key actually belongs to that person unless you know somebody whose key you have verified and they can verify it or or a chain like that right yeah and then and even then you've got to rely on how trustworthy those people you tr you trust they trust are right yeah, see, that's I kind of use a combination in my channel history of a like podcasters in the podcasting community and and, and the bowlers that I at least have have chatted with, you know, and yeah, uh, for people outside that, um, I use basically terminal terminal web to see like, oh, there's. You know, they have this many good peers. They've been, their node's been around for this long. Like, there's other publicly published metrics in, on the network, which is nice. Um, the uh, the Lightning Terminal, terminal.lightning.engineering, that's kind of the uh, thing I check every once in a while, not only for my own node, but just kind of to see, you know, if I stumble across another node, I just try to see if what what's going on with them on there. And of course, there's also the the Node Explorers, one uh, ml dot com and uh, Amboss dot space. So there's ways. Yeah, you know, every so often I go and check mine on Amboss, just you know, just for shits and giggles, essentially. Yeah, yeah you got to keep checking it, man. Maybe check. So uh, how, how's it working? How's it rolling? Uh, you get. I've gotten gotten some boost. We actually had more of. Uh, Right after we started uh, taking value for value, than we have since, in terms in terms of actual value, not in terms of uh, not in terms of quantity. Sure. Yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those things where there's a certain excited core of us who use it a lot, and then there's a lot of fence sitters, or um, lots of people tell me they're going to do it, or like, yeah, that'd be nice, or like. Or they say, like, I just need one more thing to convince me, but, like, I'll never come up with that one more thing, you know? Um, but I think part of it, too, is, like, just, just like, the the cost to set one up. And I don't mean, I don't mean, like, financial cost, really, but... Sure. You need to, you need to have, like, some concept of how it all works, how to use it. There's, there's a cost in time there, right? Yeah. And then, uh... And then like that versus oh I have a I have a Bitcoin wallet and I know how to I know how to send and receive uh bitcoins with this directly. Why do I need to know about lightning? Why do I 
I need to sure. pay somebody so much a month or a year for a node that they control mm -hmm. on my behalf, but they control or buying my own hardware and making sure I've got the internet connection for it and setting everything up myself, right? It's, I think, I think that's probably, that's probably the biggest hurdle Yeah, is just people, people willing to spend their time and or money to get into lightning when there is no such cost involved with simply holding Bitcoin as is. Right. Yeah, I just think uh, for us it was like a long term thing that clicked. It was like uh, it was like we saw the the future and the vision that that Curry and Dave were laying out on podcasting two point We were like, oh, this is gonna be you know something that we're using in the long term. This is gonna keep going, and that's why that's why I didn't really feel any kind of aversion or risk to it. That's why I just dove into the deep end not knowing what the hell I'm doing and then kind of have, I guess ever since been saying like, just get in the car and drive, you know, like it makes more sense once you're driving and you already have the car, you know? So it's like, it, it's true that it upfront, there's a, there's a cost investment, there's hardware investment. There's like a mental and spiritual investment really. Cause you just have to say I'm in, but then once you have that, then you have it, then you're using it. Like there's no, you know, then you're then you're almost at a loss if you have it and you're not using it. Yeah, we're. I mean, you know about the Rogers curve, right? I just pasted. I just pasted a GIF of it in the in the chat. Uh, the the thing is, we're still in the innovators stage, yeah, right? Yep. We aren't even at the point of early adopters yet. Yeah. There's so few of us who are actually on the lightning network and doing this lightning value for value thing. And, uh, and so of course it's like, are we actually getting anything out of it yet? And the answer is not really, but the reason for that answer is because we haven't hit that critical mass that gets people actually jumping on board and using it themselves. Right. Yeah. Right? And and so like I'll I'll complain that yeah, like nobody's using this and nobody wants to use it right now because they see regular Bitcoin and they're happy with that. Sure. But uh I mean eventually eventually we're going to reach that early adopter stage and from there we're going to get like the majority finally jumping in and as we reach a critical mass. It's just a matter of reaching that point, right? Definitely. Well, and I was, I'll so, say uh, that I've I've been kind of... It's been above my expectations, really, how many people have boosted and used it, um, at least from this side. And the, the helipad thing has been a huge boon um, because, you know, then boostograms aren't going into some black hole. They're being read every time. People can jerk with your show in real time and pew pew you like while you're talking, which which by the way, <laughs> I was part of the problem on Sunday. So, um, you guys kind of got uh, slammer hammered <laughs> toward the beginning of the show with the boosts. People just kept the pew going. Yeah, well that was that was okay. Um, I noticed when what was it last Thursday or Sunday. Like not not yesterday, but the previous Thursday yeah. or this or Sunday, right? Yeah. Adam must have had Helipad open 
and not muted because I did hear yep. the pew pew during No Agenda itself. Yeah, he's got the he's got his setup in the same room, but it's kind of in a distance, but it's like just enough to pop the noise gate. So it's like it's subtle. Oh, that's but how it's, it is. It's subtle, but it's there, you know? And so yeah. if you don't know what the pew is, or if you're not like read in, you might even miss it, or you might think, did I hear anything? I'm not sure. But if you know what the pew is, you were like, Some, somebody sent a fucking pew just now, dude. Yeah. And so the, actually today on Podcast 2.0, um, Dave Jones officially was like, yeah, podcasters should like leave that helipad running and like get pews during the live. Because, you know, we were debating it and... There's several people in the chat who were like, ah, it's it's freaking annoying, like it train wrecks the thing. But I think I think at a lower volume, as long as it's there, there is that kind of Pavlovian thing going on where it's like, you know, whoever's sitting in the boost, they have the power of making that sound happen on your show and you can't really do jack shit about it. It's like it's gonna come through, you know? So now, I don't if, know. It's like if the, I could send if if we could do like multiple tracks of audio uh, through things like clean feed. Yeah, I'd be a, I'd be a little better with leaving it unmuted, but and, I'd still need some way to put that on a separate track. Because I mean, with a trying to get a cold open, right? Yep. If you say like a really great line for the cold open, and somebody and somebody sends in a boost right when you're doing that, it right? Steps all I mean, over it. Yeah, it can exactly. be tough. Yeah, exactly. So. There, there are things where, like, you want to be able to say, like, this channel, this channel we're actually recording on, and this you can hear it on the, you can hear it on the live, but it shouldn't go into the recording. But you can't really do that with clean feed, unfortunately. There's a, there's another thing that we need for our, for our future of podcasting. Now is that something how... like clean feed, but allow, but allows us to actually have like a whole soundboard with multiple tracks on it. Sure. So is that, that's is that how you guys record through his clean feed as well or no? Abel uh, Kirby uses Abel Kirby actually has actually has like a setup for doing the recording. Okay, that's what I had thought. Yeah, I know there's a couple there's a few podcasters out there who use the actual clean feed app to record, and I've just heard a few horror stories of like people losing the whole thing at certain points. Like, yeah, I wouldn't know why you'd want to do that anyways because. When you're when you're recording like the flat wave right into right into a DAW, right? Yeah. Then you can do all sorts of post processing afterwards. Right. Right? But if you're if you're recording with something like Clean Feed and it just exports you an MP three and it's all it's already got the compression, it's already cut out a bunch of bits for the compression, right? Yep. Then you end up if you if you need to do any of that uh, if you need to do any of that post processing, it's just gonna end up bringing down the sound quality completely. Boobery uh, gave us a pew. He said, "Boost me, bitch! I ran out of sats." <laughs> One oh one. I doubt it. Bro, I doubt it. he ran out. He's out, man. It's dry. I took his last hundred and one, man. Oh man. Um, if I wasn't doing a show right now, I'll boost. I'll get you boobs. I'll get you, baby. Um, yeah, so we talked about Boost. that. Oh, there you go. Oh, by the way, Booberry, <laughs> you had a fantastic uh, Duck Hunt Boost clip that they just played the absolute hell out of today on Podcasting 2.0. It was great. 
It was great. I I didn't actually get to listen to the most recent episode, but I have heard his Duck Hunt one. It's a good one. It um, is. Although I mean, my 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 narrator device robot boost is still pretty good. Boost. That is pure eighties narrator right Definitely. there. Reminds me of, like something out of like Punch Out or something, or like a speaking mm-hmm. spell. Yeah. No, that would be more like. Right, something, something, something like some sort of eldritch horror. It's like the uh, speaking spell, but with the demons exercised from it. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit of rare encounter, um, deep lore, because I Ooh. something I remember, um, that was a thing for quite a while. You had a good streak going of a show burrito, and then one day. I don't know, the burrito place was shut down or unavailable, and it was like the burrito streak was snapped. Just the once. Okay, it was only the once, and then you were back on the show burrito? Yep. So once the place was, first of all, all, it had reached the limit of how many people are allowed inside, because, of Mm. course, with with all the COVID panic... You can only have so many people inside a place at once right now. Yeah. And they'd passed that point. There were people actually waiting outside. And two, when it's that busy anyways, even if it wasn't because of the COVID limits, it would have taken longer for me to get my burrito than I had time before the show started. Gotcha. So it was like, well, I guess I'm not getting a burrito today. Better go over to the burger drive through now, do you think that pulled you down on the show? Was it different? Was it tough to uh, deliver the same consistency? No, I don't think so. Uh, generally, generally, when we're not pulling the same consistency, it's because one of us is sick or overtired for some reason. Gotcha. And we, we've had we've had we've had shows like that where, and it ends up being a struggle to figure out what we're going to use for the cold open because there's just not as much high energy through the episode as we normally have. Usually usually we're going through we're going through like 10, 15, sometimes even 20 different stomps that Abel Kirby hits, right? You know about yeah. that, right? We've got cuz he gave you a stomper. He gave me a stomper pedal which I have yet to implement and uh yeah, I got to get around to that. I know he uses Reaper and uh, Reaper is a very clever tool where you can do a lot of customization of what goes on. And I have just been such a slave to Adobe for so long. Like the first time I ever used an Adobe product, I was probably nine or ten years old. And I just know that suite so well. You know, I know a lot of the things it can do. Um, and you're telling me that there is there isn't any way of doing that with addition? That's not what I'm telling you, actually. I just haven't I just haven't dived dove into addition and said, "Hey, can I have an external?" I'm sure it can be done. You just have an external signal that basically tells it to hit the M key because that's that puts a marker in, you know. Uh, yeah. And we have that's to. A, that's essentially all that Abel Kirby's setup is, as far as I know. Yeah, I just need to look at it in the sense of the only machine I have plugged in that can take a 
pedal that I'm that I know of is this machine, which is what gives me nice execution. You're doing terrific. All of my buttons. So I I'm thinking maybe I could do it through that, and that could be the pedal in there. But we want to integrate chapters. Basically, here's how the show is planned for the next steps. Step one is rewrite the RSS so I can get the live tag implemented. Uh, and also so I can get uh, item level splits put in. Like, for instance, once we get this done, which will be very soon, hopefully by the next Tuesday show, this will be done, there will be a item level split for you in this episode. There will be an item level split for Boobery, for Mofax, for everyone who's noted who's been on the show. Because um, I definitely nice. want to be doing that. And, uh, in fact, the, f- the the very fact that I haven't got that done yet is it's fucking embarrassing but it's just one of those things on my on my list but then right after that's done we want to do chapters and so without the pedal stomp integrated chapters are going to be an absolute bitch but with the pedal stomp i think i can figure chapters out because we kind of even with a pedal stomp you're still probably going to have to do some adjusting with each one right because sometimes you don't realize that the that the topic has changed until you're already a couple sentences in. Sure. Yeah, there which is be... one of the reasons why I've never really I've never really cared about having having chapters in. I'm more interested in in allowing like community chapters at that some point community rather chapters... than doing rather than doing it ourselves. The community chapters would definitely be nice. The the use that I would get from chapters personally and our show would is just that it's already, we already have a format of sections that we flow through every single time. So like we always start out and then we thank people and then we go, well now we go right into like the on chain, off chain cocaine shit stain segment, but then we flow to the 33 stories. Like there's chunks that are already present every single show. And then my, yeah, my... you actually have you actually have things a lot more regimented than us, where we have, where we at one point go through podcast news, and the rest of the time it's just random topics. Sure, and you have like a list you're gonna but get. Yeah, for through, you, but... it definitely for you, I can definitely see it working a lot better having chapters built in. Yeah, that's it. Just makes sense for our the format we have going, and then I have a larger vision too of. And I don't even, I don't know that this can be done, but I'm, I assume that it can. I'm pretty sure that it can, where we could have just like separate URLs or separate, you know, sort by buttons, links, clicks, where you could just have the top 333 stories, like click here, and then every episode, it just starts at that chapter. And you can just, if you just are looking for, like, if you're just looking for the weed update every week, you can just click there. Just start at start at that chapter where it's where we go behind the curtain, and then you just listen from there. And I think that can kind of drive because our show, you know, it's over two hours every show, so it can be kind of hefty if you already have a, a number of podcasts you listen to. I think that's another way for us to be able to onboard people who otherwise wouldn't listen to the full show. That makes sense. Just things I've been thinking about. Things I've been thinking about. Uh, that actually that's actually a good idea. The thing I would suggest though is is if you wanted to, if you want to do chapter stomps and you want to do like stomps for for like sound clips or 
finding points for a cold open like we do, then you'd want two stompers, and you want to be have want to have like two different types of marks. Yep. Yeah, I'd... this is definitely true. Well, I just wonder if uh, maybe you could set something up for a double stomp that would trigger because you're writing a JSON chapters file for the chapters. You just need to enter a time code start and stop for in a in, into JSON. So maybe you have a timer going and like a double stomp triggers that. I don't know. I'm 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 just kind of thinking out out of I, my I ass. Would think because... that, I would think that if addition is good, it would have some way of letting you export like a CSV or 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 a custom JSON file of markers, right? Yes. So you'd be able to go and like adjust the markers as you need to do that marker export. And then from there, you could have something like a script for JQ or something that would take it and that would take in the uh, the file that you exported and turn it into the actual chapters file. Yeah, that seems like a, something that would probably be a possibility. I'm just going to have to... Remember, automate all the things. I would. I want to automate. I want to automate. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't be like Abel Kirby and... And deal with things manually for months and months and months, <laughs> and then start automating things. I'm just Automate a... as soon as you know. As soon as you know what your process is. I'm just a simple, simple tard. One click at a time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't type with my index fingers only, but I'm I'm the sort of person who has no problem spending eight hours automating something that would. Uh, that across all its different runs might take me three hours in total. Yeah, I mean, uh, on a long enough time frame, things pay off. Yeah, I because guess. because yeah, I mean, like five minutes at a time, ten minutes at a time, right? Yeah, and then you can slap it up on at a that, GitHub. At that, and... I'd still I'd still spend a whole day just figuring out how to automate it, so I could just like one click and not have to deal with it. It's also it kind of has the added benefit of you can throw it up on some GitHub and save other people time too. You know, like that. Once it's made, it's made, and that's what. Like, I think what what today's yeah, podcast for work. I can't do that. What today's kind of podcasting two point discussion cemented in my mind is like we we're just in that stage. It's like you said with the curve. We're in that stage. We just need ugly bullshit that works. And then we can build it pretty. Then we can make a fucking UI. Then we can make a beautifully rendered app on your phone that people will like recognize. But we're not at the stage where we can be all worried about my mom can't use it right now. It's like, fuck, I can barely use it. So just let, like, let's set up the stuff that makes it work. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to, the advertisers aren't going to understand. But luckily, we don't talk to advertisers, so it's fine. Yeah. We talk to producers. That's right. That's right. I don't know if you saw my meme earlier today. I got in a fiery mood. I made a, I made a value for value meme that I'm quite proud of using the we are not the same to, template. To go, uh, it's one of my favorites recently. Was this on NA Social or was this on NA podcast social. index social? NA Social. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the bowl chat too. Um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling lately. That's how I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling like, uh, I got a lot of wants and a little short on abilities, so 
what can I do, man? Just trudge forward into that brick wall. Like, why stop now? <laughs> why stop now? It just started. Just like the pain just finally went away. Um, I have I found uh, your I found your post and I have boosted it because that you. is good. Thank you for your courage. Um, thank you for yours. Another bit of deep lore that I sort of got slightly wrong when I made my promo post like an hour before the show. I said that you were a. Uh, Let's see, a potato bear and a manga magnate and a cat girl. And I had specifically remembered this bit. And the reason I remember is because we were out traveling and uh, uh, hanging out with Abel Kirby a couple of times while we were out there. And uh, I remember on the show, like, I distinctly heard you self-reference being a cat girl. But it's actually not quite that. Let me make sure that this is routed correctly. Yeah, well, well, I've, I've not turned into a t- cat girl yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Just just so we're clear, you're the one who said cat girl. Yes, I know. I meant it intentionally. <laughs> All right. Because who gives a fuck about cat boys? Uh, some people like them. Besides, I, if I was a cat uh, girl, some, I'd, I'd finally have some tits to play with. Some, some people like the cat boys, let me tell you. I've been, uh, on, Tumblr. Well, I've been on Tumblr. I know a guy. <laughs> I've been on Tumblr. So... <laughs> You didn't say you were a cat girl. You said you were not yet a cat girl. Uh, anything changed? Do we have any updates? I mean, this was five months ago. Nope. Still no Still no tits to play with. <laughs> um, how's your kitty, by the way? I think that that was sort of the uh, genesis of that whole conversation, was that you had just gotten your kitty on that show. Is that right, Lauren? She is doing. She's doing pretty good. She's... She's been trouble, actually. Oh, trouble! Hello. She been yeah, trouble? yeah. She she keeps getting into the uh, she keeps getting into the cupboards. I've been having to put on the magnetic things on all the cupboard doors. Oh, like baby locks. She keeps jumping up on. Yeah, well, no, not like baby locks. Just like the just like the little magnets and plates. Because she doesn't she doesn't have the she doesn't have the. Uh, limb strength to pull them open with those attached. Although I bet she still tries. And she keeps jumping up on the counters and tables and right now she's trying to attack the door into here. I'm watching her right now and she's like attacking one of the French doors for for the basement rec room slash office. As long as she's not kicking your power source to the node then I guess it, the rest can be forgiven, yeah. She wouldn't be able to do that. She wouldn't be able to get up there to where the power bar is plugged in, and there's no way she's getting to any of the warts on the power bar either. She has knocked out power for some of my work equipment here at the desk, though. Uh-oh. And I've had to I've had to put boxes in the way for that so she couldn't climb into there. Interesting. Yeah, man, cats, they're... Uh... Yeah, she she's they're they can, trouble, they can, but they're adorable. So just no matter how annoyed I get at her, it never lasts very long. Oh, what a sweetie! Well, we have a few voicemails for you, and I finally uh, ooh leveled up in that I'm able to play the voicemails from my computer and the guests can actually hear them on clean feed so if you have a question for cold acid which i should have said ages ago uh but i'm saying it now 
if you're listening live and you have a question for Cold Acid or you're curious, all you got to do is pull out your phone and simply call 816-607-3663 and the play of Or if you don't want Cold Acid to know what your voice sounds I like. I sang along to that. Oh, excellent. I love it, man. Chris has got some pipes on him. Hell yeah. That boy can uh, belt it. But yeah, if, if you don't want your voice known to Cold Acid, you can always text in. Same number, 816-607-3663. We'll get it either way, as this caller well knows. Yeah, I have a question for Cold Acid. Why is Dragon Ball Z the greatest anime of all time? Or I should say the Dragon Ball series as a whole. And why is one... Hang up on this person. He's wrong. Incredibly long. (laughs) In the bowl. (laughs) It is not the best of all time. (laughs) He's mistaken then. He's very mistaken. What, What anime has he mistaken it for? Which is? He has mistaken it for Serial Experiments Lane. Serial Experiments Lane or Serial Experiment Slain? Serial Experiments Lane. Okay. Lane like a street, but a lane? Or Lane like laid him down? Lane. No, Lane like the lane like the person who created Pleroma. Okay. I'm on, I'm on, I'm tracking now. I'm tracking now. I'm not familiar with this one. Not that I'm a buff by any means. I have not actually had a chance to watch it, but from what I've what I've read about it and what I've heard people say about it, bro, it is even that, if it's not the best anime of all time, it is still it is still like light years beyond dra- anything Dragon Ball. That's incredibly bold, I must say, and I respect your moves for calling out a greatest anime of all time you haven't even seen. You just know that it's the greatest. That's how that's how damn good it is. It must be. Before must I knew be. about Lane, I would have I would have said that probably Evangelion was the best. This is kind of your place to say stuff. I just mm-hmm. watched Evangelion like this year. The original or the remake films? The original, and then I watched one of the films. Which one? Ah, uh, the the uh. How I can't remember the title, not the happy one. See, they're numbers. Oh right? well, it's um, like... yeah, there. <laughs> okay, I saw there so... was a happy one, and I was like, oh, I made a bad choice. <laughs> but it was epic. Okay, so for Evangelion, there is the remake film series, which is Rebuild of Evangelion. But for the original anime, there was Death and Rebirth and End of Evangelion. Oh, okay. I saw End of Evangelion. Yep. Yeah, Lorian is the resident Animu expert. Not an expert, but... And she has... Do you uh, cosplay? She's not an anime expert like I'm not a lightning expert. Like, it's true, but it might as well not be true. I very casually <laughs> cosplay at this point in my life. <laughs> but yeah, I used to cosplay, and I went to Anime Boston year after year while I was in a high school started in middle school but yes yeah what's your most recent one the the misa 
Yeah, I Probably. revisited uh, Misa Amane from Death Note. Ah, uh, good old Death Note. Just mm. as planned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or, or... I'll take a potato chip and eat it. Exactly. The most dramatic eating of a potato chip in, of all time. All time, baby. Seriously. Yep, I thought of that and then thought of you guys with your potato beat. I was like, they need the potato chip. Thank you again for sending that to us. Yeah, no problem. Honestly, we should have had that before. I have no idea. After <laughs> after Abel Kirby started turning us into like the official potato podcast of the No Agenda community, I have no idea how we didn't have that clip. Yeah, man. Well, we Lauren got on it and righted the wrong. Yeah, I'm glad to provide some value yep. to you guys. And then now, now I got my eyes peeled for a uh, uh, potato news, and I saw a story this week in Kansas City, and it triggered me. I was gonna send it to you, but I don't know if it's like hyper local, so I hope I'm not stepping on your potato beat. But they have some like Kansas City Chiefs brand potato chips coming out, and what they did was they took soil from Arrowhead Stadium. And then they brought it to Idaho to grow the potatoes in. So it's like, these potatoes were grown in the football stadium soil. I don't know if our football team is the only one doing that or uh, if that's happening everywhere. But I thought that was some weird, a weird concept. That is, uh, that's something special. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> but I mean, how how much soil could they have brought in? I mean... The potatoes are still mostly going to be grown in the Idaho soil. Right. Yeah. That's what, and Also, I thought it was AstroTurf going on at the stadiums. Now, I was like, is there soil there? <laughs> thought it was like Apparently a rug, there of, is. Uh, rug of plastic grass. Yeah, I think we still have. Yeah, other, otherwise, otherwise, you're going to end up with rubber potatoes. We still have real turf. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, you guys got me triggered on the potato news. Keeping my eyes peeled for you, though. Excellent. Also, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. So cold yep, acid. Definitely gotta have it. What was the first anime you saw, and is that what got you into anime? Oh, can I even? I don't even remember what the first one I saw was. Uh, I think the fir the first time I ever saw anime was actually at an anime convention. As far as I can recall. Whoa. What brought you to the anime I went convention? To, I, went to, I went to Anime North in 2001 in order to meet up with some people who were readers of the same webcomic that I was reading at the time. Like, part of the community. And that's... That was the start. That was the start of it. Nice. Yeah. So I, think... I don't even remember I don't even remember what I what it was I was watching, but I do know that by by the fall of that same year, I had joined the anime club at University of Toronto because it was open to anyone who wanted to join, not just uh, not just students of the university. And some of the first stuff that I actually saw there, I think was uh Trigun and and magic uh what's it ray earth okay 
Yeah, Magic Knight Ray Earth. What do you What do you think's the greatest, Lorian? Me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love doing this kind of shit. <laughs> I feel so like mainstream, but anything Miyazaki has touched is pretty great. Now, although we... I haven't seen any of the like Lupin the Third, which was one of his first animes he ever worked on. So I'm behind there and I've looked at there's so many Lupins. I'm like, where do I start in this? And then everyone's got a different answer for you. Well, you want to start at this movie because this explains the background or his morals are a little bit different here and everything else make more sense if you start there. I, you know, I do really like Cowboy Bebop. That was a good Bebop one. Bebop was, uh, was pretty good, yeah. I liked it. I like it a lot. That's a good one. Um, now, we recently watched Wolf Children. Yes. Which we were turned on to by Yukiyame on, on No Agenda Social. That's where his name comes from. The two title character wolf children. One is named Yuki and the other is Ame. And uh, Lorian uh. just happened to see some discussion of like, where'd your name come from? Oh, it's from wolf children. Yeah. And you're the wolf of Kansas City. So I said, sit down and watch this anime with me. This is beautiful. It's one of those ones. It It felt like a Miyazaki. Sort of, sort of, like it had the same kind of vibes of like back to nature, back to earth, uh, somewhat fantastical, um, very spiritual, like gonna make you cry three or four times. Um, Apparently, it is a it is a multi award winner for for animation. It was. I've never I and I've never even heard of it before, but I heard of. Two other movies that won both the Japan Academy Film Prize and the Minichi Film Award. The score. Those were The is... Girl Who Left Through Time and Summer Wars. Okay. So that I didn't. I didn't know about uh, Wolf Children. Uh, huh. You definitely should check it out, Wolf Children. Yeah. Um, the animation on it is so. You're weird. not just saying this because you are the Wolf of Kansas City, right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying it because it was incredibly moving and and yuki said it was it changed his life and gave him his love for anime and like even the score like the soundtrack for it is incredible all of this intricate piano and stuff and uh the the animation itself like i've seen a fair amount of anime but this one there's some of the scenes that are just they have to be like rotoscoped or from video uh in a certain way but then, f- like, fully animated out from that source. They're just... I can't really describe what's going on, but they're so jarringly beautiful, some of these scenes. They're so jarringly beautiful and realistic that it's like you can't stop from saying it out loud as you're watching it. You're just like, holy shit, this is... The way they rendered this scene is incredible. Given that it was made in like 2012, 2013, it probably didn't even involve any 3D rendering. Yeah, I'm not. That re- could have been all hand drawn, every frame. It could have been. It could have been. Um, it. It wasn't just like that. The proportions oh, it was were released. It was released in 20 in 2012. So it wasn't produced 2012, 2013. It would have been produced 2011, 2012. Sure. Yeah, that uh, you know, I'm I'm that's definitely not my like wheelhouse or field of expertise as far as like the animation techniques and stuff. But 
I've seen some. Just, I've seen some amazing stuff that yeah, you would think was like they they took an actual photo and put that in, and it turned out to actually have been hand drawn based on sure. photographs taken for scene direction. It was like. It, 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 there are these city scenes that I'm talking about specifically that stood out in my mind. Some of these city scenes where there's cars rolling by and people walking, where the the motion is so hyper-realistically correct. Like, the time it takes, the speed at which people are moving, the speed at which cars are moving, there's no jumps or anything. Like, it's just so beautifully captured, like, the actual animation and the motion of it all, where you're just like, Damn. Like it, it was striking. I I definitely recommend Wolf Children. I I couldn't. Uh, I will have to check it out. Couldn't say any nicer things about it, honestly. Yeah. Yuki was the- like, "Watch it again. Listen for the piano, and then call your parents and tell them you love them." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, that's a lot. Come it- on, man." <laughs> oh, the ending song too is like mostly acapella with just like a little bit of uh piano and the song is all about the characters so like reading the lyrics as it's going on i just started crying all over again i'm like oh my gosh this movie but i love it it's like a lot of these anime take you places that western media don't bring you spiritually i have found <laughs> uh but the yeah an- they're well because they aren't they aren't controlled with the same sort of uh production bank that uh, North American entertainment has to go through. The be- the best way to look at Hollywood is not as a place where movies are made, but as a place where where movies are financed and where everything including including talent is banked. Sure. Hollywood is essentially is essentially a huge bank and if you're making another cookie-cutter summer blockbuster, they will loan you everything, right, to make your movie. Yep. But you want to go off the beaten path at all, and you're essentially shut out, and you've got to go, like, the indie path where you're lucky You're lucky to get a tenth of what you actually need to make your film. It's. It seems to be a lot different in Europe and in Asia where... where there may be lower costs in the first place and there's a lot more there's a lot more available funding for you a lot more a lot more availability of talent to to use for production and so you get a lot more you get a lot more things that can that aren't that aren't like part of the part of the like cut and cut and paste uh hollywood films you get stuff where there are some that are like the big blockbuster action films and you get things like your name or or other or other movies and shows that are a lot more philosophical or a lot more emotional in a deep way instead of in a in the shallow way that like your typical american rom-com will be sure yeah, there's just honestly the... Hollywood. Hollywood and the Hollywood system is probably the worst thing that has that that exists for television and film. Yeah, it's pretty. 
it's a pretty shady process, not only, you know, in the content that they produce, but in the way that it gets produced, you know? I mean, you can't tell me that this well, Harvey what, Weinstein what, slime yeah. bag is, like, not just the tip of the iceberg of, Couch like, casting of decades and produced, decades of what's been going on. What gets produced is a function of how it's produced. Sure. Yeah, that makes no sense. And I mean, even even if you got rid of the casting couches and all that sort of scumbaggery that uh, comes out of the richest people there, right? You still that still doesn't excise like the Hollywood being the place where ideas go to die. <laughs> yep. Essentially, there's no doubt about that. Well, the bowl is the place where these voicemails come to die, and here's another one floating up on the top of this uh, of the water. So I'm always doing these freaking F-time make goods because I'm a jackass, and I miss the show live half the time and instead listen to it a couple of days later. Uh-oh. So first time I ever tongued a hole just to get Uh-oh. that out of the way, that was the first time I ever stuck my tongue in a hole. But the first time I ever saw a UFO... Do you want to still hear it? It's an F-tie. Yeah. Let's keep it going. I'm going to try to get this in, in the three-minute limit here. Okay. We were out in this place called Devil's Point, Tennessee. It was a crystal clear, starry night. The water was so still that it was perfectly reflected in the water. And this little peninsula camping out, middle of the night on these penis envy mushrooms, Terrence McKenna and Dennis McKenna's special strain. These things are crazy. There was just one. We gave this dude just one. He's like, this isn't going to be enough. And I was like, oh, yeah, trust me, it will. And he ate one. And he uh, ended up going back up to the car shortly thereafter. And we're all sitting on, on this log. And I'm looking up in the sky, and I see these triple spiral UFO lights just, like, whizzing in and out of, like, phasing in and out, going super fast across the sky. Like, they were almost, like, intelligent. It's hard to explain, but... Uh, I'm just staring at him for a while, and then I look around, and everybody else is staring up at him. And then somebody says, do you guys see those lights in the sky? And we all go, yeah. <laughs> so then we're just kind of mesmerized watching them for, I don't know, it felt like an hour, but it could have been five minutes for all I know. We were geeking. And uh, we're, we, we don't have flashlights. We left them up in the car, and we're like, shit. But somehow we were, and there's no natural light sources other than the stars and the the moon, I guess. And so we're walking through the woods up this trail. I don't know how we made it, but we saw what we thought someone's cell phone was in the woods. And we're like, what the hell? Someone's cell phone is in the woods and it's moving, but we're like, we're tripping. So it's obviously not moving. We get closer and closer and we realize it's a giant, like, uh, almost as big as, almost as long as my hand, like caterpillar that's like, looks like a glow stick just crawling around. Like this neon green caterpillar later come to find out we looked it up it was apparently like the queen larva of a, of a firefly colony or something something that actually exists Ooh. and i get up to the car first while everybody's kind of lagging behind and we find our friend that just ate that one mushroom and he's terrified locked himself in the driver's seat of his car and i get him to let me in and he's freaking out thinking the aliens are possessing his body and he hadn't seen all the lights in the sky and he's Oh Jesus! Terrified, saying the aliens are taking over his brain and his body and are possessing him. Like, and he's talking to like Grays. And right when he's yeah. doing this, this freaking 
huge moth-looking thing with a scorpion tail that's, uh, I don't know how big, bigger than my hand. Oh, he hit the three-minute oh. wall. He hit the three-minute wall. What suspense, though? Here, no, he called back in for the the Damn. PS. I think that's my first time ever exceeding, exceeding the three-minute limit there. So, yeah, well, my buddy who just ate the one mushroom didn't think it was going to be enough. He's freaking out. The aliens are taking him over this giant gray moth with big black eyes. And I don't know if this thing was really there or if it was just we both saw it and were paralyzed with fear. <laughs> and it was just flapping its wings, hovering right in front of our windshield. We rolled up the windows, locked the doors, and it just were overwhelmed with, like, the most evil, eerie feeling I've ever experienced. Like, some, like it was scary. And I don't know if it was a cryptid that was phasing between, like, some kind of interdimensional thing. But we both saw it, and it was, like, this big black moth. Shut up, Boobery. Or, sorry, big gray moth with big black eyes. Like, the biggest moth I've ever seen. You know, I've seen some pretty fucking big moths in the woods in Tennessee. But it had, like, a scorpion tail that hooked down below its body and came back up with, like, a stinger on it. And we, it was just hovering, staring, like, reading our thoughts, it felt like. And uh, it, like, flew away right when the rest of the people came up. And uh, we actually had a great night after that. But my the homie was literally, uh, I don't know if he was ever the same after that night. Oh, he was God. really convinced. Shit. I've had other, like, alien possession experiences with mushrooms uh, with other people independent, independent of that. But, yeah, the UFO, uh, UFOs, so there was bunch of lights in the sky and we all saw them before anybody acknowledged them so it didn't really count because drugs were involved but i think it kind of does count sure if uh i'll count you're to believe that psychedelics open up alternate realities that are just as real as this that's what they oh, say yeah. about dmt in the bolt you have first and only ufo sighting in the bowl in the bowl sir yeah they do say that about uh, DMT. You ever you ever seen any UFOs? Cool acid? No, I I wish. I fucking wish. Yeah, I've never seen anything up in the sky, but we saw that one hover thing. That's just yeah. It was freaking. I've never weird, even bro. I've never even seen things just like weirdly hovering in the sky. I've seen at at worst, I've seen like the government helicopters. Mm. Yeah, those are almost more annoying, really. Yeah. Or ominous or scary or... Well, this one wasn't exactly scary because it was the middle of the day and it wasn't a black helicopter. See, that's it how It was they... red and orange. That's how they get you. But it you. was huge. It wasn't, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like your regular little rescue helicopter or anything like that. This yeah. thing was like... This was like one of those behemoth, like, double... The big double blade helicopters. The, yeah, the double props. Yeah. The, what the, are those called? The cargo Ch- copters. Chinooks or whatever? I don't know what they're called, but it was definitely government-owned. Yeah, there's a few uh, Chinooks flying around. When the heck was that? There was like three of them. I don't it had remember, to be but... Last year, within the last two years. They're just flying around in the city. I think it was right around election time, so everybody, like, everything that fucking happened was like, oh my god, oh my god! It's the feds! But, uh, it, I don't know, it was a very weird time for a lot of people. Yeah. This was this was either either last summer or the summer before, like, after moving into here. Because I saw them from the backyard here. Interesting. And so it was, defi- it was definitely within the last couple of years. Then, uh, the other thing, the other thing he was talking about, like the mushrooms. I've, I've only done mushrooms once, 
and I didn't actually have any experience from them. They Yeah. Honestly, they just they just tasted like cardboard. I guess I didn't have enough of them. Well, I'm but I was told like to just to just like chew them slowly and suck on them, not to just like chomp and eat them. Sure. I don't think it much matters, but this is fascinating to me because uh just last night I went to this Bitcoin meetup in uh in the city. I think I'm going to go to future ones because it was pretty cool but this one guy that we sat down with he was like he said the same thing he was like the first time i did mushrooms just didn't work the first time i did mushrooms they didn't work same like i took what should have been way more than enough and uh just did nothing nothing except for taste like you know like cardboard like dusty death yeah yeah cardboard and that was also the last time i actually lit up too and that was the first time that was the first time in over a decade that i had lit up as well like i whenever whenever i've whenever i've had uh whenever i've had weed it's always been like a social thing somebody else has brought it sure and they're passing it around and yeah i'll take i'll take a hit interesting nice I don't go. I don't go out and like buy any buy weed or anything like that. I mean, if I if I wanted if I wanted some weed, I mean, I could I could grow my own plants. Yeah, it's and I know how I know how to get seeds for that too. Yeah, Canada's like the spot to grow weed indoors, man. Uh, yeah. I'd be growing it outdoors. Outdoors, actually. Too? Outdoors can be done. Yeah. What would you do? Like a little greenhouse situation, or no, no, like Just probably right grow some plants near the cottage. Nice. Yeah. Have my uncle take care of them for me. That's what's the beauty about the weed plant in particular. It's just like there's nowhere you can't pop it up. It's such a hardy. Of course, if plant. you've got if you've got if you've got uh, if you've got plants, you got to make sure to get rid of any males. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one you... of the th- that's one of the things that that's always bothered my uncle having to having to deal with that, and sometimes they don't grow that well up there either. Yeah, but uh, yeah, at least at least we can do that up to up to four plants a person. Interesting. That's just like yeah. you can just do it. You don't have to ask if you can do it, or don't have to ask or anything. No permits or anything required. Just. A limit of four per person. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's what we call... It's a step in the right direction after all. You know. It is. Um, four seems like a love limit, but, you know, it, it's worse well, in a it lot of Well, it is a step in the right direction. I mean, yeah. more would be nice. Yeah. You're like, no limit. We were just talking about <laughs> this the other day, where it's like, the plant limit makes the least of all sense of the regulations, like... Who the fuck cares if you're you're just oh, keeping think, think plants it, alive? Like I think it I think it makes sense when you consider the economic motives right. of the of the licensed regulated selling system. Right. It's a it's a cartel protectionist uh, law it, more exactly. than anything else. That's yeah. exactly the thing. Which makes it, it gross. It's man. yeah. Ah. It everything is about the money. Yep, the almighty dollar, no doubt. Where's the money? All cash, baby. Where is the money, <laughs> man? Where's the money? I have another voicemail. 
Oh, I was I was gonna say something before another voicemail. And oh, that's yeah. like I I mentioned like yeah the otherworldly experiences the with the DMT like oh, that's right. something I'd be interested. That and LSD are two things I'd be interested in trying. I'd want to have like a whole a whole like camera and audio recording setup so I could be like describing my experiences through the trip. Yeah, but. Uh, but it'd be like my uncle had done that back in back in the day when he was young. He he had he would go on acid trips and stuff. And so I've heard I've heard some of the stories from it. I don't think he ever did DMT. I would I, uh, I, certainly I, recommend. I'm just it. interested in I'm just interested in like seeing the Clockwork Elves for myself. And although I know not to not to trust them or listen to anything they say. I mean, a, cer a certain Mr. Jones has definitely has definitely made sure that I will <laughs> not follow them and listen to them uh, and do what they tell me to do. It's like I don't know with the with the DMT experience in my experience anyway. There's not really like anything you are doing or not doing or talking to or not talking to so much as that you just. You just see something go on, you know. Hitler did for me, the DMT. It's just like it's all very visual, but there's not a lot of like participatory action going on. You know, you're like observing something. You're being like shown very temporarily something fantastic that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm you know, that a lot of people talk in a lot of detail about, like what exactly it is and means. But I'm very skeptical of all of that. I don't know. I don't know uh, if anybody quite has it figured out. Shroom, the, the shrooms clockwork, lets you the whole... shrooms lets you see the real elves and DMT lets you see the clockwork elves that are actually the demons from another dimension that are coming to get us to kill <laughs> kill each other and take over the world. You've heard about this, but yeah, I've heard about that one. <laughs> I've heard it. I have not oh, seen that. Never though. change, Alex Jones. Never change. <laughs> oh, it's man. real. That's right. Take that to the bank. It's not racist. It's a fact. Just a fact. Fact. Just a fact of life. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend a friend, it. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, he actually did like two full fistfuls of mushrooms his first time, and then for the rest of the night thought he was a wolf <laughs> and would actually like run around in the forest on all fours, sniff people's asses, and howl at the moon. <laughs> so fantastic. yeah, um, it could yeah. Um, having having my first having my first time with shrooms and nothing happened. I mean, after after hearing about that, yeah, like it was a uh, bit of a letdown. Second time, something something about the mushrooms. It's like uh, first time doesn't work or something. I've well, it worked I for have my friend. Met so many people who have experienced that, and I've also been someone who experienced that. The only time mushrooms have ever not worked was the very first time I ate them. And it was, wasn't the source because it was the same guy. You know, it was the same bag they were in. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe next time, maybe next time I have a meetup and these guys are there. I'll get to, see, I'll the... get to experience, I'll get to experience the wild side. No, see, that's the big pain in the ass of all of this stuff is like, so very hard to find, you know. I'm not in college anymore. This was, <laughs> like, yeah. this was a meetup. This was, this was following a meetup. Oh, I see even. what you're saying. Interesting. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fun time. Yeah, Steve Jobs always went around telling people that 
it was like among the most important things he ever did was LSD. Take took LSD, and uh, I can definitely relate with that. You know, I'm not as confident in the statement enough to like go asserting it necessarily, but I think it was pretty important, man. Well, from what I've heard, it definitely takes you places. Yeah, it's one thing you would like. It's not for everyone, but if you think that you probably want to try it, you should probably just try it one time. Yeah, I I want to try it. I mean, half for the experience and half for half like out of scientific curiosity. Like I said, I'd want to have I'd want to have like the whole thing recorded video visually and audially. Right. So I could so I can actually like describe what's going on yeah and then i think you would and then fucking, be able after afterwards i think you would really dig it i mean there's a lot of uh history of use of lsd in the scientific community specifically of recent well, shit it came out of the scientific community right and they would um a lot of people were finding great results on their experiments by tripping and asking like a question or like wrestling with a certain fundamental scientific question watson and crick said that uh that was what helped him come up with, you know, the double helix and thinking about what, D- I'm also what how interested, DNA works. I'm also interested in its potential for depression and other and other like other like mental emotional issues because I've heard like people talk about like yeah a hit of LSD and my depression was cured right sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, there's something about the psychedelic experience that doesn't allow you to hide your psyche from whatever you've been hiding it from. And so if you're a person who's like holding on to something that you haven't dealt with mentally or emotionally, um, so in, you're so going to confront words, people, that or, you know, somehow deal with it. So in other words, an hour before seeing their shrink, people should take a hit of acid. It would be good for the people, but bad for the shrink likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because unless the, the shrink also takes a hit the shrink's not gonna you know the shrink's gonna lose a regular you know, visitor probably <laughs> be like a one and done yeah if you do it right you know if you do it right like everything you can fuck it up but it's mostly just by yeah not, i mean uh, people, I've, I've heard i've heard stories about bad trips too and yeah i i always found that term interesting like bad trip because i mean i've had some absolute freak outs um, I've, I've experienced my own death in a way, or like, you know, died, um, like full ego death type thing. And, yeah. um, I don't know, some other kind of gruesome visualizations that I've had before. Uh, it's wild because all of that's like difficult to go through while, while it's happening to you. But at the end of it, it's this piece on a mosaic of like the entire journey that you just took. And ends up being, I don't know, even the gross and gruesome parts, they're, like, tough, but you've got to go through them because they make you strong, you know? Well, I've, I mean, I've had, I've had, like, really disturbing visions and dreams of, like, my own demise or death of others around me and all sorts of gruesome situations without needing any sort of uh, yeah. drugs to bring those up. And honestly, I'd rather I'd rather not have those. I'd rather hope that the the drugs would mean no more having those. Yeah. Well, that's the wild thing too, kind of about the psychedelic experiences. I've had dreams that are like 
as intense, sometimes more intense than the psychedelic thing. And it's kind of like a waking version of that. It can yeah. almost be like an AR, like augmented reality where you're seeing like this trippy overlay of like what it would look like regularly. That'd be, that'd be pretty wild. I think would be so it's wild, pretty wild. So, so long as it's not like, so long as it's not like I'm getting like visions of hell, like, a, like <laughs> I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly in event horizon. Uh, only if you trip and in that was Washington DC, <laughs> then it's impossible to handle. Um, of Ringo says, the thing is, Cold Acid, if you shut your eyes, all bets are off. Yeah. Well, to that, I, to that, all I have to say is, where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. <laughs> Bingo. Man, that is that is still, to this day, one of one of the best and scariest movies I've ever watched. Now, which one is Event this? Horizon and Psycho. Those two. And Vertigo. See, I'm not, like, a huge scary movie buff. I haven't seen a lot of them. Well, I mean, Psycho and Vertigo are not... Well, I guess Psycho is more horror than just suspense. Vertigo is very much just a suspense film, right? But, I mean, that Hitchcock touch, like, really, really gets those existential feelings of dread going. Sure. Watching either of them. And then, like... Event Horizon is essentially is essentially of uh, twenty years from now we discover the warp from Warhammer Forty K, hmm, and all the and all the evil that brings. It's a bad situation. Well, yeah. If, I mean, I mean, going to the warp without a Geller field that's a that's a great way to get things fucked up. <laughs> so I have to ask how. Did you come up with the name Cold Acid? Where does it come from? Because all this, all this acid talk, nobody's got, I think, quite this much psychedelic talk out of me. Honestly, it was just like I took two words that I thought sounded cool together, and I put them together. What? That's 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 how it happened. You nailed yeah, it, man. Yeah, I've, I've had I've had this I've had this nickname since I was a teenager. Nice. Cold and it's because and it's because I had previous nicknames that were just well they were they were like the people right they were they were retarded <laughs> <laughs> they were retarded and so and so eventually it's like okay this this one I used to use was dumb and this one I'm using now is even dumber <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to go with a new one that actually sounds cool nice well, you... So it's like teen- teenage Edlordism that has actually <laughs> paid off instead of instead of being like an ongoing source of shame. Yeah, Dude Man sixty nine was taken. So <laughs> cold acid, cold acid, cold acid. It was. Oh, that's a great one. I didn't even think it would uh, translate into talking about acid all night. Um, I never thought it would either, and yet here we are. Surprising enough. Um, yeah, we even have a another voicemail question for you if you'd like. Yeah, let's see. There it is. My question for Cold Acid is um, why Speed Racer is the best anime ever, uh, <laughs> and how he thinks it became the best anime ever. 
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any good questions for Cold Acid. Uh, oh, does Cold Acid cosplay? Ooh. Um, As a cat yeah, girl. I'm traveling up north. I, uh, <laughs> I got in a squall, uh, whiteout. Uh-oh. I didn't even see the road. I realized I was driving on the shoulder of uh, Interstate 75 uh, when I started hitting the rumble strips. Yeah. Uh, it's a three-hour trip. Uh, Damn. And I'm about an hour behind. Done it. So, anyhow. Uh, great show so far, guys. Oh, thank you. In the bowl. Thanks. In the bowl. In the bowl. Okay, so... No, I have not yet actually cosplayed. I want to, but at the same time, like I don't wanna I don't wanna buy like one of those out of the shop pre made costumes. Of course. And not. Yeah. Because I mean those those are just they're just shit, right? Yes. They it's are cheap shit. it's cheap material like like you'd expect out of the dollar store essentially. Yeah. And they charge too much for it. And it almost never actually matches the character it's supposed to be anyways. So if I'm going to cosplay, I'm going to put together my own my own costume. Fuck yeah. But that means I need to be able to sew. I need to be able to actually, like, lay out and cut out cloth to sew together and all these other things. And so I've never actually bothered to do it. Now, I have some stuff that I've started buying... So I can at least dress up like some of my role-playing game characters. Who would be like... There's still, there's still things that I need for that as well. For example, I need I need multiple orbs for pondering. <laughs> of course, yes. Right? Gotta and have them. I gotta have I gotta have like a leather a leather uh, bound book and leather straps for attaching it to the, my belt. I've got this thing of little potion jars, which is pretty neat, but Ooh. I've got to actually, like, put stuff in the potion jars. I figure, I figure like, different colors of glitter should do it, because putting actual liquid in those probably would not end up being a good idea. Yeah. Right? Of, I've got this cool-ass cloak that I need to get pinned up at the hem. Nice. Because when I wear it, it's actually dragging along the ground. Damn. Yeah, it's it's a little too big, but the the next smaller size was too small. What color is the cloak? It's gray. Okay. Yeah. I only once I've, had a I've cloak. I've got a, I've got like a couple. I've got like a couple of different magic using characters, and I've also I've also got like a a, a tomboy fighter character that I'd like. If I get a girlfriend, I would want her to cosplay as nice yeah well, tomboys with ponytails are are just like absolutely delicious a dude who has I'm just, I'm just putting it out there the cosplay ready to go is the incredibly eligible bachelor come on ladies cold True. acid yeah come on you're out there <laughs> wasting your time now the other thing that he said is or said well he asked as a joke was about Speed Racer being the best anime. Right. And maybe at the time it was. Nowadays, Speed Racer is not the best anime. But at the time, it was the best anime because they talked like this really quickly. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, uh, BTFO's the old Dragon Ball, I, I would assume. I don't know. It, 
I mean, honestly, Dragon Ball isn't shit. I'm not. I'm not trying to put Dragon Ball down. I'm just saying it's not the best. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, there are far worse shonen shit shows out there than Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. I've never like tried to sit down and watch Dragon Ball Z. Although you know, growing up, it it would come on. I've watched like several episodes, but just like... well, yeah. I mean, when when it takes when it takes like fifteen episodes for like five minutes of real time right in, yeah. in the in the show right i mean that's that's pretty ridiculous i mean i feel like you just have to 20, make... 20 minutes like 23 minutes of ah, ah, right <laughs> powering up right and then yeah. and then like 15 episodes later you see them blow up a mountain and the other and the other guy's like huh that barely left a scratch. <laughs> right. I right? Mean, it, it's it's pretty fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's always but I mean, if, funny if you're, to if you're, on, but... if you're fucked on something, I'm sure it's a fucking trip. Yeah. That's true for just about anything, man. That That is true. That is true. I mean... Dude, tripping and watching but the, I mean, the like, news is like one of the most horrifying <laughs> things you can fucking possibly do. Oh, God. Do. I, 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 could imagine, I could imagine that causing a bad trip. Oh, my Christ. Um, we're at Massachusetts. Because, I mean, they're always, they always lead, they always lead with the blood and gore, right? And yeah. it's always, it's always driven to like freak you out, make you worried about everything. And then they bring in like one or two, one or two like human interest stories just to trip you up. Oh, it's right? just like, so it's like, so it's like, it's like bringing you down, bringing you down. Oh, cute story about a puppy. And then more death and dread and horrible things happening around the world. It's like whiplash. It's like emotional whiplash. Yeah, this is true, the structure. And even the, con- I don't know, I just remember, we were in like a, a Dunkin' Donuts or something out in Massachusetts, and we were just like starting to come up. I don't even know why we went in the Dunkin'. It's just like, it shouldn't have been the plan, but we were sitting down waiting for our food because we just got takeout, and... uh that somebody had some news on it. it had to have been CNN probably. It was just like a TV and news going, and it, I don't even know if it was the content so much as like the people looked so they talk in that fake ass way of that fake ass way of talking, and it's like further exposed. Like what the fuck? You only news people talk this way. No one ever else talks that way. They don't even talk that way when they're not on. In front of a camera. No, right when they stop it, reading the prompter and they yeah, turn it's to completely, their... It's completely just for when they're reading the prompter or the or the news sheets. It's right? so wild. It's incredible. Like you said, yeah, when they when they turn and talk to the other to the other people at the desk, right? Then yeah. they're actually sounding human again. And then you also see more like I don't know, you see more with your spiritual eye than with your uh physical eyes. Or at least you're seeing with all three at the same time, or something like that. But and like, with, a, it's and with like, a lot of those newscasters, all you see is the person there. You don't. You might see. You might see uh, like the souls of other people, but these it's these more, people in the news, they're 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 dead. They're just physically alive. It's closer to like they live, but a more subtle thing. Where it's like, yeah, that's a fucking creature, dude. Uh, like <laughs> it's a creature mm-hmm. of some sort. I don't know, and then everybody in line could tell that we were... I mean, this is another thing, too. I would be interested in, like, an objective rollback of what we look like, because, you know, I always wonder how freaked out, but it's definitely more than not freaked out, you know? 
Because it felt like everybody in there were like, what are these kids up to, you know? Because <laughs> we were waiting for our food. Wow. I am really high. It's about like that, man. <laughs> we're just standing there just like, just just be cool. Just we're, Once the food comes out, we're going to grab it and leave. Like, and We're just kind of like sitting there. <laughs> oh, it was tense, though. And then uh, the food finally comes out. We're like, noped out of there. But at one point, like, you know, you can be anywhere in uh, the modern age and have a cop car go by with lights and sirens on. Oh, God, but, tell uh, me about it. But that I happened. hear them every so often here. Yeah, that happened while we were in the donkeys, you know, like their cherries and berries are on and they're like full siren and just speed past on a main highway, you know, or, you know, a main strip. <laughs> Some guy in there was like, yeah, I heard they look for three kids, huh? <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> fucking with us, man. Like, oh, and we're just trying to hang on to the edge of reality. Like, fuck. <laughs> what, what an it's asshole. too late. We paid for our donkeys. <laughs> We've got to get the fucking donkeys now. <laughs> you committed when you bought the donkeys to taking the donkeys yeah. out when they call your name. You know. Oh, fuck. We made it out of there, though. Oh, man. Ringo should should have called in should call in with this. Apparently, let me let me read what he said in the chat. Okay. When I did the half vial of LSD, was at a forest party and a California Department of Forestry helicopter came and flew over the party. I thought we all had to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. There's sometimes this weird synchronicity that happens even before like any kind of effects take hold, like. uh a couple of times stand out of my mind, but the first time I ever really did it, we put the acid on our tongues and then we walked down into this spot by the creek that we'd always go to, to chief bowls or do whatever. And so we're like passing this bowl around and, uh, you know, we, we maybe like had put it on our tongue five minutes ago. So like nothing's happening, right? There's no like effects and stuff, but this yeah. hot air balloon goes over right above like the top of the trees pretty much right above our heads as we're uh chief and bowls and i was just like ah, oh, i guess it's working <laughs> you know <it's> just... <laughs> they're coming to take you to oz because it's a goofy uh <laughs> you know it clearly was had not kicked in yet but things like that happen and then my buddy came back uh from massachusetts hang out with us on campus in, in columbia and that night similar situation in the first five minutes of taking it we like took it in my apartment and walked out and we're walking down the sidewalk and then just randomly uh in the car in this parking lot we walked by that was right by my uh apartment this car had dirty window syndrome and then in the dirty window somebody had wrote hi sam and a smiley face which sam was my buddy that came out <laughs> i was just like like shit it's already working because none of us had you know it was like it was a situation where we had all been together that whole time so nobody could have like we we knew no one had written sam you know it just happened to line up with us so but it was still trippy all it the was same trippy for before the shit even kicked in man i don't know what about it something special about it for sure that was undeniable and that's I, wild i would uh Tintin would fly again, but it's like, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things that is probably safer to allow it to find you than to go find it, or at least not force the find, you know? Yeah. Um, Just like our balls with buds, where we never force the find, man. We just 
Always let it happen. And it's happened so By beautifully way, tonight. These are some awesome 8-bit kicks. Oh, thanks, dude. Lorian always knows what to play, man. He does. Bringing the great music every time, I've noticed. Well, Cold Acid, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. Being our bud. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have you on again down the road for sure. And uh, you can check out Rare Encounter at rareencounter.net every Wednesday at 7 Central, 6 Eastern, right? Nope. Uh, 7 seven Eastern. Oh, 7 Eastern, Eastern, 6 Central. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. You had it right, Barongo, Don't Don't worry. Right? I mean, I mean, remember, remember, we had time travel on our under Sunday special. This is true. This is true. Huh. A counter wouldn't be rare if it uh, didn't sneak up on you sometime, right? Yeah, very true. Well, thanks, Bullers, for tuning in, and we'll see you next Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Till then, I'll be Sarah Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'll be Damned DeLorean. And till Tuesday, Mayor Bowles burn ever brighter. Slipped it in. There it is. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Come to my fucking door. He totally knew I was stoned. No, you can't get no. stoned in the middle of the day. They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard.